الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد الحمد لله الله سبحانه وتعالى has given us guidance through the prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam in today's world the time that we live in we um, face so many problems and the truth is we've always faced problems this time is no different from 50 years ago from 100 years ago our grandparents and before them they had severe problems at the time when the british was there in india pakistan bangladesh muslims in other countries 100 years ago were also facing problems similar the problems we face at the time of the partition Allahu Akbar very severe very bloody and very very desperate times so we must not assume that we are marooned on an island in history where we are bombarded with problems it's a continuum it's a continuous tradition of human history that human beings have problems we've always had problems in the world and we must appreciate this so that it becomes easier for us to handle our problems to think about them to resolve them and to reform them our connection to other human beings is very important and we must not lose that connection the trend nowadays through social media and the media and by muslims who believe that they are exclusively being bombarded by problems because they're in the US is that we have to find perhaps a different type of solution and a different system of thinking a different paradigm a different philosophy of life so that we can adjust better to these times and the truth is this is false this is absurd why because we've always had problems and human beings will continue to have problems until the day of judgment that's just the nature of life in this world and we must not forget that the early muslims had huge problems much more than us much more than us. never mind the seer of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam which is the first chapter in our history his history and his seerah mubarakah 
is filled with problems. I'm talking about the Sahaba afterwards. At the time of the Tabi'in, there were severe problems in the Ummah. There were many fights, many battles, many skirmishes, many issues, and there was tremendous bloodshed in the Ummah. A time came when a certain person came to ransack Medina. And he besieged Medina. He came into Medina and he slaughtered people in Medina. His soldiers raped the women of Medina. This is in the first century of our history. First century. So how do you think they felt at that time? Do you think they said, okay, this is the best of times? Because the Prophet said, the best of times and the best of periods and the best of generations mine, then the one afterwards and the one after that. But they handled those problems. Be it political or social or economic or even religious. We had tremendous Islamic problems that actually dealt with Islam. Groups of people emerged, some of them very militant, some of them were very overwhelming, and some of them killed people and Muslims in the name of Islam. Very early history. Does that sound familiar? Does that ring a bell? Can you see now the comparison between the early days of Islam and that today? It's the same. So to assume that we have new problems and we need a new theory and a new system, that is false. We have been guided by the best of all human beings, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And he said that I have, I have been given the most problems all over all of mankind. So in him there is a uswa hasana. There is a beautiful example as to how he handled the problems he had in his life. And that's how you read the seerah. How did he handle these problems? One after another, one after another, one after another. So we as Muslims living here in the U.S. of A, in this 21st century, must realize and appreciate that we live in a real human world. This is how human beings live. And this is how human beings survive. So we must impress upon ourselves and our children and the community that when you have human beings, you will have problems. Whether you talk about Islam or you don't talk about Islam, whether you practice Islam or whether you don't practice Islam, you will have problems. So if somebody has a problem with religion, saying that religion causes all these problems, do you think that if, God forbid, people become atheists, 
and they left Islam, that they will have no problems? That is absurd. Look at the leadership of this country today. Do they believe in Islam? No. Do they have problems? I would say so. Huge problems. Astronomical problems. It is so huge that there's a danger that it must might just crumble within itself, this system. The greatest power on earth has problems. So we must not be foolish. And as I usually say, not live in a Mickey Mouse world where we assume that because we're Muslims, we don't have problems. Or we shouldn't have problems. Or we won't have problems. If that was the case, then the best human being would have never had problems. But he was given the most problems. So that he may teach other human beings how to behave, act and react to those situations and to those problems. At that time, when the Prophet ﷺ was going through problems and persecution and adversity from all corners, whether it's Mecca or Medina, what did he do? What was his guidance? That we say that Rasul follows Sunnah, Allah and Rasul follow the Quran, Sunnah, follow the Quran, Sunnah. Don't listen to these uh, mullahs because they don't know anything. Okay, fine. Okay, we'll concede that. Then listen to the Prophet. Look at the seerah and see how that those problems were handled. Then you find guidance. The Quran is full of stories about the Prophets والسلام, who all had problems. Every story from Adam to Nuh to Ibrahim to Musa to Yusuf to Isa. They all had problems. So now, how do we deal with this? So the idea that we somehow we need a new referendum on Islam, a new theory on Islam is going to resolve our problems? That is not an Islamic solution. It may be a solution, if it works, in a different type of mind. But not in the mind of a Muslim. Because in the mind of the Muslim, there's only one way to address problems. And that is the way Muhammad addressed them. He's our leader. It's not just in Salat, Salm, Zakat and Hajj. That Muslims need to find guidance in the Prophet It's in life. He is our guide in life. In how to think. How to negotiate life. How to navigate life. How to negotiate and navigate problems. Real problems. 
So that is how the Quran and Sunnah then become a beacon of light. It gives us nur. It gives us understanding. It gives us this perception of true reality that as long as we are alive in this world, we will be faced with tests. We will be faced with trials. Why am I saying this? I'm saying this because in many masajid throughout the U.S. and elsewhere, people zoom in to certain problems of the world and the ummah, which is fine. You have the freedom to talk about them as much as you want, and you may address them as much as you want. But we have guidance from the Prophet ﷺ, from the Qur'an as to how we should think of Salatul Jumu'ah. How we should think of it. The Prophet ﷺ was engaged all the time with politics, all the time. All the time with the economics of Medina, all the time with the social order and the problems that society gave him and Muslims, all the time. 24-7. Because they were all part of his life. The Sahaba's problems were his problems. So if there is an issue of a political nature, of a military nature, of an economic nature, of an intellectual nature, then he would address them, he would solve them, he would resolve them. But there comes a time in a Muslim's life, as individuals and as communities, where we need time out. We need time out, not time in, time out. From what? From the problems of the world. From mentioning the problems of the world. And from discussing the problems of the world. And from highlighting the problems of the world. We all need time out. It's called a retreat. In your modern day corporate American language. It's called a retreat. You go away somewhere for two or three days. And you throw away your phones. So you don't have nothing to do with the world that you lived in. And you're going to retreat from the dunya totally. And it actually helps. It's a proven method. It actually helps. If you give away the dunya for a few days, it helps you recover from the pain. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, through his divine, <coughs> his divine convention of salat, as an individual, and as jama'ah, gave us a method by which we take time out. So that we may focus on something higher and something beyond this world. Because the problems we have are all worldly problems. They're mundane. They affect us in this dunya. So the Prophet of Islam, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, came and said, 
I'm going to remind you about the potential problems you'll have after you die. Because you have to address those also. What's going to happen to you when you die? What's going to happen to you in your qabr? What's going to happen to you on the day of judgment? What's going to happen to you when Allah is in front of you asking you? Do you have time to think about those potential humongous astronomical problems? Or you just want me to be stuck in the dunya and say, I have problems, I have problems, I have problems. That's the ingenious convention of Islam. That it tells society, yes, you have problems. But you may have a bigger problem. When? When you die. And if you don't address that problem now, because uh, you won't be able to address the problem when you get there. When you die and you're in the grave, it's too late. You can't do anything about it whatsoever. So it's better you appoint a time and a place where you address these potential problems as a convention, as a community, through ibadah. So it's much more than a time out. It's about realization that one day I'm going to die. One day we as a community were going to die. One day we'll all be in our graves. One day we'll be on the plains of Arafat in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah, 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 mashallah. If you think these 60, 70, 80, 90 years are a problem, then try the day of judgment, which it will extend to thousands of years. That one day will be extended to thousands of years for some people if they don't know how to handle that problem. So it's a wake up call. Is about understanding the reality of you and your phases of life as a human being because that's what Islam is built on. Islam is not built on this very limited, congested idea that we belong in this world and we are only secular and there's only mundane problems and we have been created to now earn a living and take care of our families because that is also ibadah. Allahu Akbar. So in Surat Al-Jumu'ah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya ayuhal ladhina amanu, Iza nudhiya lis-surati min yawmi al-jumu'ati, Fasa'aw ila dhikrillah. This guidance, it is so obvious from the Quran, it stares in your face, the translation is so simple, that you don't need a mufassir to tell you what it means. So why don't we act on it? Because we are foolish. That's why. Run towards the dhikr of Allah. The Quran says, rush towards the dhikr of Allah. It doesn't say rush towards the problems you have in the dunya. It doesn't say that. And then what does it say? Wadarul bay'ah. Leave your business. What does it say? Leave your business. The rule. Leave. Leave your business where? With your shoes. 
outside where the business belongs. The business doesn't belong here in Salatul Jumu'ah. Why? Because in Salatul Jumu'ah, the Prophet would warn people about death. The Sahaba say the khutbahs of the Prophet on Jumu'ah were mostly about death, dhikrul maut, not about dhikrul ma'ash and dhikr of the dunya. It's about dhikrul maut. It's a time out. Get some time in with Allah. As a community, not as individuals. Salatul Jumu'ah is wajib on the community, individually for everybody. But when you come as a community, you are going to engage exclusively in Allah's dhikr and you're going to leave the business with your shoes where it belongs. And what are you going to focus on? You're going to focus on thinking about your akhirah, thinking about your death, thinking about your hisab, thinking about whether or not you're eligible to enter Allah's jannah or not. So this is the message we have. This is the guidance we have. People say, follow the Quran and Sunnah. Okay, let's do that. Never mind the mullahs. Follow the Quran and Sunnah. If we do that, inshallah, there's khair, there's barakah, there's hidayah, and there is, inshallah, success in this dunya and also the akhirah. That is the prescription. That as a community, we need time out from discussing the problems of the world. And we focus exclusively on Allah. That is when the true nur of Jumu'ah will descend upon our hearts. May Allah give us all tawfiq. Ameen. Ar-Balaq.